Yo, it's Brian Porter. Uh, welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. Um, this episode, Benny and I um, chatted over Discord with my buddy CJ, um, who goes by his artist name uh, CZA or SZA, I think, um, which he explains early on in the episode. But it's really cool, like, lo-fi hip-hop artist, awesome lyrics, fucking love it. Um, you're about to hear his song called Everybody Dies right after this intro. It's awesome. Um, he also does visual arts things. Um, honestly, just follow his Instagram at cza.chillin, C-H-I-L-L-I-N. And he does a lot of visual arts, like a lot of musical stuff. And his full-length mixtape uh, called Mercurial 2 will be available on Datpiff and other mixtape sites later this year. Um, I'm really stoked for that. Like, I'm actually a big hip-hop fan, but this is our first hip-hop artist. So I'm really excited about that. Um, also, CJ is just a really intelligent dude. Very interesting. Open about mental health. This episode got into a lot of really interesting topics um, about mental health and then hip hop and just like kind of culture in general. Um, yeah, and I'm kind of running out of things to say. So, I mean, honestly, stick around to the end of the episode. I will explain how you can support the podcast. I mean, obviously, follow us on Instagram at invite the neighbors at itnpod on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I just want to get right into this song. So here is Everybody Dies by SZA. Coming to you live from a one-year delay from middle of nowhere, Michigan, from Kansas City. Here's CZA. Bro, I don't understand all these rappers making songs about no sleep, and they're like all hyped up. Like, you don't, how do you do that much drugs and maintain? Like, this is what happens when you don't get sleep and you make a song. Real shit. These original lyrics were super bad. I'm the rap McLovin. Give me a year, and now I'm getting into something. My semen is psychic. I could make babies from a long gaze. Wear latex jeans, but my sperm's still particle phase. I could rock a banana hammock, cause I'm the tops in the sack. But I'm a scrub, so I'm watching the show off BitTorrent. Yeah. If I ever did subliminal, it's probably cause you're invisible. You're so insignificant that I accidentally shitted on you. Let's get it. These mumble rappers claiming they saw something not sriracha I'm some ghost pepper hot shit to leave you in the hospital I've been feeling so appalled like everybody's false And I just lost track of who's even stealing whose songs So I turned into an eight week rapper after nobody really cared about this magnum opus that I wrote So I'm kinda pouting right now, I guess you could say that, that's fair You write the great American novel, 20 people read it So I'ma send this shit direct to your ears so you believe it when I say I'ma bring the novel back, you're gonna see my 300 pages treading over some Atlanta trap shit Man, when I got the internet, I found Pink Floyd and pop, and now kids are basing self-esteem on whether notifications pop. That's dopamine, capitalism addicting you at every corner, nicotine every store still balking on that marijuana. Man, I'm not trying to be God. I'm just trying to be the father of taking lyricism farther than anyone ever thought of it. Being totally off the rails with the bars. And I'm on the pursuit of Poontang, and I know it ain't wise to up and enter every hole. I'ma cry if I get AIDS. I'll be sure. One day everybody's gotta die. One day everybody's gotta die. Whoa. Whoa. One day everybody's gotta die. That's fine. That's fine. One day everybody gotta die. You won't see no fear in my eyes. Nah, cause that's the real fire. One day everybody's gotta die. So live while you live. Yo, why would I do Cody and slur my words when I could have a poor night's sleep? This is concept art. Fuck with me. Do you know who the fuck you're talking to? Oh, so tired. Yo, shout out Good Morning Vietnam and Robin Williams for this entire sound design. Even though I ran out of RAM and I don't know what I'm doing, and I hope I fooled you. That's good. So we got CJ, and you go by CZA. That's like your CZA. artist. That's um, that's the uh, letters of me and my brother's initials. Um, it stems back to Wu Tang as well, where they got RZA and Jizza. Um, you know, for RZA it means like I believe Rakim, Zigzag, Zigala. Uh, it's very much a you know you zig and you're going the right way, doing the right thing. You zag, you fuck up. Can I say motherfucker, by the way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. All right. 
Yeah, that took like 30 seconds. Um, then you try, <laughs> you try and zig the right way, right? And you try and reintegrate like the, um, you know, the the darkness and the the worst sides of life that everyone experiences. It's like if you really want to be a light worker, you can't just um, you can't just deny them. And I, you know, I could have been like Chris Hopkins, which is like close to Chris Wallace, which is Biggie Small's actual name. And if oh, I okay. went by Chris, I might consider it. Probably would consider it, but you know, CZA, CZA is pretty good. Yeah. Good to know the backstory about that. So I listened to Everybody Dies, the song Everybody you sent me. Dies? And uh Benny and I agree that it's fucking dope. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Thank you. Yeah. I, I wanted to make it funny, you know, even though it was Yeah, the so like, everybody dies. It was really unique because like it, you have like this sort of like talk style and it it's like a mix of like humor and like what's the word I'm looking for better word for deep, like poignant, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's George just Carlin like really... was an influence before any rapper for me. Right. Like I wanted to be a comedian before anything. Oh, see, that makes sense. Like it's funny, but it's not, I wouldn't consider it like comedy. You know what I mean? It's, Thank it's you. like, yeah, it's just, it's just good. It's unique. I, I, I think it's fucking dope. I, Thank I, you, man. I added it to my iTunes. <laughs> I'll listen to that shit. <laughs> I would rather uh, I'd rather be called unique than good any day, straight up. It's both. So, so both is both is excellent. Both is good. <laughs> and then the other one I wasn't able to listen to because I I was having problems with Google Drive for some reason I couldn't get it to to work. But I, will... I think I sent that one through Google Drive. I think the stargazing one was the um, was the one on Audio Mac. Oh, okay. Yeah, Google Drive trippy. But I was well, um, I was actually editing that song like minutes before the interview. <laughs> it's me being late as I was like trying to <laughs> uh, actually do the engineering like at the last minute. I'm like, it's okay, but it's like it could be better, right? Um, but yeah. So we'll put the uh, people listening to the episode um, now in the future. Uh, they will have already heard um, everybody dies because I'm going to put that at the beginning. Make sure people hear it just in case people don't listen to the whole episode. So everyone listening to this knows it's dope. Uh, And if you don't think it's dope, then you ain't dope. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. So you, are you in, uh, in St. Louis right now or I'm in, um, I'm in Kansas city. I was listening to your podcast with the dudes from Philly talking about um, Kansas city being a docuseries on the walking dead. And, um, you know, I wish I could disagree. <laughs> I wish I could stand up for my city. But like fact is like people like St. Louis is where you go to get murdered and people in St. Louis call Kansas City a shithole because culturally it's culturally it's like I've just gone to shows and it's like there's Tech Nine and Charlie Parker and like basically nobody else. There's one guy I know in his group who are good, but I've gone to shows and just like I'm gonna go stand around with the people smoking cigarettes outside for this guy's part and then give the next guy a chance. And it's like, uh, and they're packed too. They're packed shows. Everyone's drunk. Everyone's turning up. And then you got St. Louis where it's like, you have 15 people in a room and people like Poet X who are just as good of rappers, as good of lyricists as, as you can be, um, just not selling tickets. It's very bizarre. Hmm. Yeah. That's odd. Do you, uh, so you still been like, so I'll give people a little bit of background. So like I met CJ and so, you know, it's too Benny uh met cj through uh mutual i should i want to say mutual friend but young jules yeah julian had a falling out like he pretty much decided that he hated me i think his girlfriend decided that she hated me and therefore he hated me oh god uh, i didn't know this yeah dude I, i won't get into it but it was julian was a drummer of my old band and uh all, like we were really hitting it off and then all of a sudden it was it was really strange like he just turned on me and you know completely misread my personality i felt but we you know cj you knew julian i think you went to school together or something like yeah, that dude, he's got a pure heart like regardless yeah you know, whatever confusion yeah. is going on like nobody could debate that about young jules yeah like i i wish him well but we definitely had like a a tiff and I, it was just it, frustrating it is what it is man that happened to me and this dude who is one of my favorite rappers lyricist out of st louis I did like hours of engineering. Like there was a summer where he probably smoked more of my weed than I did as I was sharing with him so much. So I'm like, oh, it's a rough situation. And like, you know, I can spare it. I ain't going to die. I can get 
low prices. <laughs> and, right. But and then it just ended up like after I did hours of work, I probably spent like an hour and a half to two hours just working on the DSer for one track. And he's like, huh. when I asked for the tracks after he'd previously told me he'd give them to me, he's like, everybody else paid for that. I'm like, if you would have phrased it like, you know, I did a lot of work, could you pay $5? Or just, could you pay $5? It all would have been good. But then I was like, I did work on this. And he was like, rah, rah, rah. And then I like tried to cool things down twice. And he continued being, telling me I was obtuse. It was just stupid, man. So I totally understand how things happen between, you know, two decent people where it's just, just a bunch of bullshit. You know, fuck you, pay me was what happened in my case. Just yeah. is what it is. But I remember... uh you were there, I think. You might have even been there for the first episode of the oh, podcast yeah. when I recorded it because we had that house show. And, wait, uh, wait, that, what, what? What? You did the podcast that, then? Yeah, that band from Philly. Do you remember when the, uh, the band from Philly came? Were you there for that show? That's crazy. No, I listened to the podcast from one of the bands from Philly. I don't know if it was the same band. It's the same band. So, like, the Dang. recent, it's past life, and the recent episode, episode uh, six nine, um, <laughs> was a year anniversary. And it just so happened to be the same band that was the first band, the first episode. Um, and they, I recorded that in Julian's basement before a house show. That's crazy. Um, I was just up there, not double fisting beers, but double fisting handles. I was like celebrating this point in my life where I'm like, things are turning around. And like, yeah, again, hit the hit that zag from the zig, but it's like we're about to zig right back, and all that momentum was legitimate. But I was just like, I'm gonna play Hunter S. Thompson and freak people out. while i was doing that you were just in the basement recording a podcast that's dope dude full circle yep it for sure dude and you i remember you did like an art exhibit there which was like i'm gonna have you like kind of explain what that was about so that people can kind of get an idea of what type of stuff that you that you put out you know yeah that was exciting to have you there because we only had like probably five or six people there online i'm sure the numbers were crazy but i was like this is a you know a new town and i'm just gonna invite the 10 people that i know we'll see who shows up um right it's hard to explain myself they kind of wanted a capstone from me but i was also already doing my own thing and i wanted to create my professor who was supposed to be like directing it was like oh this is like andy warhol's plastic inevitable do you know about that i'm like no but i've listened to the banana album like five thousand times so i must be doing something right and it's just kind right. of a dispersion of um, all this writing that I did. You know, there's a corner so I could actually pass it off as being my capstone for my degree where it's all school stuff. But I tried to make it like a social media feed. There's a party simulator I'm writing a follow up to now, a little bit more matured version. But you can, um, you know, take DMT and maybe it's meth. But I know you OD and die and like you become a squirrel in the afterlife. So that's <laughs> definitely a highlight. <laughs> Got some paintings, come some playlists from, you know, some local STL artists and. It's my own playlist of those years of college, just kind of vibes, just vibes all around, you know, trying to, you know, break the mold, do something that hasn't been done before. Yeah, I'm glad that like, not that my podcast is like some huge platform or whatever, but I'm glad that like, I get to give you a platform for that to promote that. I've always thought that like your style was very unique, you know, like I I just, you you know, your approach to art was just really cool. Like I. I remember seeing that exi- like the amount of work that you put into it, even <laughs> was like though there was years. only like, yeah, and like even like just the work that went into like just setting it up and like you could tell mm. that there was just, it, I could tell that you were passionate about it because you wouldn't put that much work into it for like five or six people, you know, if if you weren't gonna just do it anyways, you know what yeah. I mean? Just because it's I'm, what you enjoy. I'm sure we had like a hundred people, you know, look at on online um, and the. I guess the plan is technically if I, I've got one semester left, if I go back and do my degree, I can still use that as my capstone. And then it would be like a, a time capsule edition because it was already almost a time capsule because I was working on stuff that was for the most part a year old to four or five years old. Um, so it's just really starting to bend the boundaries of you know all those trippy literature classes I took where they're talking about space, time, memory. And, um, you know, the academics are going to eat it up. So hopefully they'll actually, you know, let me count it and get my degree with it. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So, like, I remember we, we've talked, like, when we actually hung out, like, we would talk a lot about, like, mental health, things like that. Like, the way, you know, mental, we, you, were, you were always really open with me, at least. And, you know, and vice versa, just about, like, 
how you're feeling and like different types of like things you're whether it was like a diagnosis or like how you know just how things affect you on a daily basis i don't know like you don't have to go into that on the podcast if you don't want i mean i don't care like who am i gonna why would i be afraid to associate myself with kurt cobain or kanye west which i guess people would be afraid to associate with him but you can just go down the list of like hemingway basquiat just writers musicians creators like play directors you know tarantino's kind of crazy the dude who uh, did the shining I, I can't remember he's crazy jack nicholson Stanley kubrick. seems pretty crazy yeah kubrick nuts like i i did want to talk about this like the link between creativity and even um genius and and madness it's like is it because you're seeing the world from such a different perspective that other people can't quite adapt to it and you're existing in a schema that can't be conformed to everything or are you just crazy? <laughs> right. And I think like for certain people, they might perceive it as just crazy. Like the more abstract things become, Definitely. you know, I think there's a fine line, but I think Benny, you might, you, I think you would agree with this, that like that song that you sent, like, I think that it captures like a neuroticism in a way that, it, you channel their neuroticism into into art that in that feels cohesive. You know what I mean? I think that's a challenge. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree. Oh. Like it's got that sort of manic like hypomanic aspect to it, which I can definitely relate with. Like I I've, yeah. I've felt dealt on and off with like mild bipolar symptoms, you know. I don't oh, I don't identify ones. with it. What's that? I was mild once. Yeah, right. No, but now, now I'm pretty medicated. I'm probably happier than I've ever been, honestly. Oh, that's you know, good, dude. Titrate oh, things yeah. down and replace things with, um, you know, plant medicine, little CBD. Might try very, you know, cautious microdose or of some things that'll be legal in California if they aren't already. Um, yeah, it's just I. I don't know. There's, I think plant medicine is definitely underrated, and I guess just when you're saying I was being so open with you. Pills can just be crazy because I was taking gabapentin for fibromyalgia when I was around you, which releases yeah. GABA, which is like the main we're going to chill out mechanism of the brain, like in terms of one neurotransmitter. And because I just work backwards, you know, like I got ADHD. If I take amphetamines, I chill the fuck out. Um, this GABA was ramping me up <laughs> and putting me in this state where I was just constantly rah, rah, rah. I'm going to say everything that's on my mind. I don't care. I was already excited with life circumstances, thinking things are going good. and. And they were, but it's, it's crazy, man. I think we are definitely going to see a shift in the next 20, 30 years into, um, into plant medicine, you know, maybe experimental stuff, even given, you know, troops coming back with PTSD, let's give them some Molly because apparently that gets rid of PTSD in one session. You know, there's going to be a crazy evolution. Yeah. Yeah. You were the one that actually introduced me to, uh, just smoking straight CBD, by the way. I'll get a bowl right now. Yeah. Like I, what I do now is I mix it. I'll get like something with low THC and then I'll get bud. That's just TA, just CBD. And then I'll kind of mix them 60, 40 CBD to THC nice. weed. And that I found is just, it hits the spot. Oh, something I just did today. And this is a, this is a nice little touch. If you put the, um, the keef that has THC stuff in it on top and all CBD on the bottom, you hit the bowl, you get the psychoactive, you get the little boost. And then the more you smoke, the more laid back and the more physical relaxation it gets. And it counteracts anything that could be, you know, generating anxiety. I definitely want to try and become the um, the kingpin of of growing CBD dominant um, cannabis up in Michigan. You know, start a legitimate the business. Kingpin. Legitimate business. You know, <laughs> feds Can you even? Yeah, the, the feds listen almost every episode, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, can you even like become like a drug like uh, is that even possible like you'd, you'd have to do it legit right like you can't just they, be like a they basically want people to um deal drugs illegally is my uh, thesis because <laughs> you can become a legitimate business but you need a business plan and you need to put ten thousand dollars on the table and if they decide that your plan isn't good enough or you go and they're having a bad day when they judge whether or not you're going to get in your ten thousand dollars evaporates um, and nothing happens. Also, I don't know where you think people who are trying to start, you know, an entrepreneurial thing to get off the ground. 
I don't know where you think they're going to get $10,000 from if they're working with something that's already probably as easy to get rid of as straight cash. I mean, it's, it's just very silly to me. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, that like you are feeling now happier than you've ever been, which is great. And I'm curious if like some, for me, sometimes like it's harder to write or create good art when I'm feeling really good. So I'm curious, have you felt like feeling better has made it easier to create art or harder or just is art just different? I'm just curious, like how you feel like that's maybe affected you as an artist. I know Kanye said that his greatest source of inspiration is joy and not pain. I think maybe I had a professor say, you know, we were talking about like Lewis Carroll or something and acid. And he was like, you know, it's not being on acid that makes you a great writer. It's having been on acid. So maybe it's not being really depressed that gives you a new insight. It's having been depressed. Um, I do think depression in particular can give you this ability to become very detached and view things objectively. Maybe if your feelings are just a little bit numb or not there, you can start to th- see things that might be a more objective of a way to do it. Um, I would say now that my main issues with mental health are just, I mean, it's probably what everyone's dealing with right now, um, just isolation. And I think yeah. isolation is very bad for creativity. But, you know, I had a two-hour phone call with my friend, and he told me some ridiculous story about a girl who stole his phone and stole his neighbor's A, no, not AK, AR. Um, and I'm like, well, that's like, that's pretty good basis to spin off and make a fiction from. Um, I think having people around you is very important. And I think if you're too depressed to get out of bed or you're too psychotic that you, you're not in touch with reality and you don't, you don't even know how your guitar works anymore, right. you're not going to make anything brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of have to have at least, even if you're going nuts, you kind of have to have like some handle on something, I feel like. Yeah, Sid Barrett, you know. I, 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 don't, I don't believe who said, who said Barrett. He was, Sid uh, Barrett was the uh, original guitar player from Pink Floyd. Oh, okay. Yeah, just did too much acid and got fried. John Lennon almost went the same way. Yeah, instead he got too much Yoko. Yeah. Well, better than like, I don't know, better than Ego Death. He still made good songs. He wouldn't have made good songs if he had permanent death of his ego off of taking acid. Because I think he was taking it every day for like a year and a half. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's... Fuck that, dude. Can't do that. Yeah, I remember reading something about how like... That he had to get like he got kicked out because of it and then like when they were recording one of their albums like years and years later he like just stumbled into their recording sessions and was just like belligerent the entire time i don't know if you ever heard of uh, 13th floor elevators um i just randomly stumbled across them i'm like this is as good of psychedelic rock like old school 60 stuff as you can get and i guess the main creative force behind that it was um, a similar deal where took a bunch of acid vanished and then had, you know, very sporadic conversation over the years with other members of the band. And he's just gone neutral milk hotel. I don't think he even did a bunch of drugs. It was almost like he just got creatively neutered for making aeroplane over the sea. And like <laughs> nothing was ever the same it's crazy, man. Crazy. Uh, like he just wrote like his magnum opus and then couldn't exactly. outdo himself. Type exactly. thing. That's the, that's kind of like the, I feel like the goal when you're writing a record is to try and make it so good that you're afraid that you'll never be able to outdo it. You know what I mean? Sure. So like, For sure. It's good to challenge yourself in that way. And you know, some, you might make something better or you might just fucking flop and you never be as good as that, but at least you'll have something that is like your flagship, you know? So this is where I think it's important to have so many multiple influences where I had, you know, basically good morning Vietnam and the sound of AM radio be the influence for everybody dies. Um, If you are taking things from more places, it's like a little bit harder to, to dry up. I think I try to, I kind of miss what I was actually saying there. But, you know, if you're drawing from comedy or if I like stop rapping and then I'm like, I'm going to just drum on my snare pad for a month. um, It seems maybe I'm just blessed, but it seems like every few months I do something and I'm like, that was the best rap that I've wrote yet. Or that was the best freestyle I've wrote yet. 
and it like happens steadily every few months. And maybe that's, you know, the fact that I haven't plateaued yet, that I still have so much room to grow. I'm only, you know, not even 2000 hours in on the 10,000 hours of mastery. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, um, curious when it comes to like freestyling. Cause that is something that I've always just, it always just baffles me. Like how people can <laughs> freestyle and actually have flow and like not, because I always, I'll try to like jokingly freestyle and like clearly just like I can't get any momentum because I, I don't know. Plagued it's just going like, to be terrible for a few years. You might be all right if you down a couple beers, kill all your fears with a little bit of practice, a couple years and more good habits. It's factual. There you Fuck. go. That's I mean, like, that was terrible for freestyling for like two and a half years and then i was writing obsessively and writing in the margins of my notes in class and stuff for, for like two two and a half years and then i got good at writing before i got good at freestyling but they're very very intertwined if you start thinking in rhyme it'll come out your mind right yeah i could i've heard someone like describe eminem as you know like one of the reasons you know they theorize that he's so good at freestyling is because he's been doing it so long and like you when you've been rhyming for that long you just know what rhymes with what like you just have this backlog of 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 rhyme information like it's not hard to recall yeah i mean it's kind of like how um how bobby fisher went crazy because he just got like absorbed into chess theory and memorizing and playing games in his head i think it's a, a similar thing where there's a certain there can be a level of obsession to it where there might be a period where you can't turn it off. And I mean, it happens to me where I'll have a couple of weeks and I'm like, I cannot stop freestyling in my head, not all day, but a lot of the big portion of the time. Um, and that, that, you know, that's going back to where genius meets um, insanity. You know, you, you're, I don't, I don't think it should be the case that you're got to be in this battle with creativity. where like, it's you or me and one of us is going to go. It's like, it seems too masculine. It seems like there's got to be a more perceptive way to integrate everything. But sometimes it feels like that. It's like if, if you don't go in head first and lose yourself completely, then you're not going to make the best thing that you could have made. Yeah. I think, you know, and Ben, you tell me if you relate to this too, but sometimes I feel like that can be this idea of like completely losing yourself in in your work and your creation it can almost be like a a barrier to entry in a way like sometimes yeah. i feel like i don't want to even even when i'm alone creating i don't want to be that vulnerable in order to like yeah. like i, I don't want to reach that level of vulnerability required based on my mood at the time you know that would be required to create something that is that fully reaches my potential because it's like man i i could really dive into this dark or you know whatever emotion it is but i just don't want to go there right now and i don't know benny kind of does that kind of make sense yeah i definitely get that because it can def it can be like really daunting to even consider the idea of like trying to go to that place with the idea of like will this like increase the quality of my artistic output or will this like be this new influence that I can draw upon? I don't know. It's definitely a give and take thing with my personal experience with it. It's why I don't really like to write from my own, like, like I guess for lack of a better term, like autobiographically, because sometimes it is really daunting to go to that place completely. Yeah. I think this is the beauty of freestyling. Cause I definitely was more of a writer and, you know, working with prose and poetry and those things until, you know, it was only like last year. I was only, you know, probably 23, about to turn 24 that I started really taking the freestyling seriously. And you'll just kind of fall in, you know, it's like practicing a proper dive into the pool over and over it. At a certain point, it becomes less of a choice. And then you've just, you're in it. Um, and it, it can take a lot of energy. I mean, you're literally giving birth to a creative thing, you know? So at the end of it, you might just be like, I would imagine is what it feels like to go play in the NFL and play a whole game. You know, it's like, damn, that was a lot of energy, but also that was a rush. That was a flow state. Yeah. I think too, like on the flip, not, not necessarily on the flip side of it, but like thinking about, playing live you know sometimes like when you don't 
when you have a live show, you don't have a choice of whether or not like you enter into that sort of mind state. Like if you want to give the best possible performance, you have to either embrace it or just like accept that you're not going to perform as well. You know, for sure. Like I could be in a great mood and play a show, but like knowing that I have to start singing like these dark or sad songs, I'm just like, God, I really hope that this doesn't ruin this, this good mood that I'm in, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's when I disappear sometimes, right? When the, when the ego goes in its total flow and it's just, um, and it happens with the written stuff and it happens with the freestyle stuff, but it's, I mean, that is the flow state. I think that, that is the the goal, although you know, maybe you shouldn't have a goal with R, but in, in making things that are greater and also having that um, that catharsis for yourself, you just have to step aside. You have to get out of your own way. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's a definitely a learned skill that maybe, like, I didn't realize at first. Um, like, you know, when I first started actually performing music live, it's something that I never really thought about was you know because all i did think about was like okay i need to practice my parts i need to memorize the lyrics and that's it but like i didn't you know foresee the the aspect of like reframing my mind in order to like actually deliver the way that like best lends itself to the content you know, and like how it's almost like you have to do a little bit of self-care too, depending on the content of your, of your, of your work. Because like, yeah. like I was saying, like, if it is like some dark stuff or whatever, like you gotta have some protective measures in place to like bring yourself back out of that and not get sucked into it. You know what I mean? I mean, I found the therapist, um, as I've grown as a writer and, and, you know, artist in different ways, therapists have just become an increasing waste of time and cbd on cbt on my own can be useful but if i can talk about something that's incredibly heavy and i feel like it's a transcendental experience where i'm like this is this is what happened it is what it is here we go like then then life goes on after the song's over yeah well how many um how many live shows have you done if you don't mind me asking oh dude i don't even i've lost count probably you know it, you know, probably at least twenty-five. I mean, that's not losing count, but like considering like it all happened in that? the last year and a half. You know, probably probably around that twenty twenty-five. I would say. I don't know if I've done a true live show. I've done several open mics, at least five easily, and uh, you know, a decent amount where you're in someone else's room and or they're at your place and you're just going to kick some freestyles or. You know, when you go out on a corner and and fucking State Streets in uh, St. Louis, it's like you better bring your shit, otherwise you're gonna look like a damn fool as the only white guy in this cipher. Like, <laughs> All so right. that's been, you know, I think the pressures of open mics where people don't even really give a shit that you're up there, <laughs> but they look at you and they're like, oh, fucking white rapper, which like it's a lot of corny white rappers, so I can't blame them. Um, you know, or yeah. being on a corner. It's like when you if you go to a show where people are there to see people, they might be a little bit more open minded, you know, when you're uh, you're tailored toward the venue. But you know, I was gonna start doing shows real quick and then um then COVID. Yeah, I was just about to ask like if you had plans to uh try and get on like some real uh, like you know, hip hop shows. I was going to a real ass cipher in April with some people I respect out of St. Louis, like Rec Riddles and Accurate and these people who are like better than anything that will ever get played on the radio these days like real right. motherfuckers and i was you know poet x is is my guy um i'm gonna do a show with him i mean he really is one of my favorite rappers period and he was you know being just a real og like oh if you if you go out there and spit like you were just spitting to me you're gonna be fine um so you know until then it's like well now i can you know do some martial arts get myself a six foot mirror make sure that the whole you know, physical persona, because it's not like when you're playing a guitar and singing, you just kind of stand there when you're rapping. You got to be all rah rah. Um, you know, work on all the different elements, work on the flow, work on the delivery, just even everything out. You know, and then yeah. when the time comes that we can actually do shows after COVID fades, it's like I'm gonna go scare people. Let's go. Right. So, like you, you were here, you know, in Michigan for some of those shows we had at Julian's. Like, you know, so you kind of got to see a little bit of like what the DIY like emo you know rock music yeah 
No, emo was like, rap too. Like I think you were talking about Nirvana versus Pink Floyd, and I feel like I listen. Like I love. Yeah. He's got like a Pink Floyd tat. But when it comes to like overall culture and like straight number of plays, it's not even close. Nirvana, like Nirvana, pretty pretty much dwarfs everything because the sound clown rap is just the sound that 18, 18 year old kids are listening to. It just is what it is, you know, whether yeah. you like it or not. That's what the phase is going to be. You got to find a way to, you know, combine it with the lyrical hip hop or other things if if you want to, I think, be successful at a popular level these days. Yeah, that is, especially like in that type of genre, like well, that's one of kind of one of my biggest fears for the record that I'm trying to finish up this year is like I'm really proud of it and I think it's like my best work. But is there a demand for things like this? Because I think it is a little bit different. It's not. It's clearly not what the popular emo there music sounds existentially like. Existentially, a demand for different. I don't care what other people want. The universe needs more things that are different. I would tend to agree. And I think I'm biased because I create those things. <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm just nervous. Benny, you can probably relate to it because it, Boyfrienders is more of like an electronic sort of like synth pop approach to the emo thing. Yeah. I wouldn't even know if I'd call it emo. Maybe LCD's a little bit. My jam. I like shit my pants listening to some of the great Neptune stuff. I was really sad you guys broke up. Yeah. I had yeah. the demos before anyone. I was like, this is, this is <laughs> lit. It's lit. Penny, uh, the, that band that I was in with that drummer, Julian, it's called Great Neptune. And okay. We named it after uh, an exclamation by SpongeBob. Great Neptune. <laughs> uh, it was It was ridiculous. Like, it was, we had a synth player. And this bass player who also played like a MIDI synth and like me, I played guitar and sang and then we had a drummer and like broke up because I, I joined the band from off of Craigslist. Like they were looking for a singer and a guitarist. So I ended up joining them that way. And it was the, the synth and the bass players band, quote unquote. And as like the more I would play with them, the more I wanted to like write music and i they kind of wanted it to be their thing so creative yeah. differences but it sucks because that was like a, a band where you hear about like where it's collaborative but you butt heads a lot but the product is like is good shit but the we couldn't get past like the butting of the heads type thing i think a lot of it was my fault to be honest but trust me i've been in that same situation before but yeah i was I learned a lot. It was like my first band that was like actually it was like I that was my first ever live show was playing with that band. So like I was so over the top with it, like really just Yo, y'all about killed it. it. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you were like behind the scenes, but the performance was so good. I mean I was I was the littest person there and I was like, Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know what's happening. Like this is so <laughs> good. Like everything about it was like I'm like, this is the first show. It is so good. It was the best rock show that I've ever been to in a DIY setting. Like, okay, Radiohead was probably better than you guys at Lollapalooza. Sorry, but <laughs> yeah, besides that, like it, it was amazing. <laughs> It was amazing. I, I could feel the vibes in the back to the front. It was good, dude. I really, yeah. It was the basement was packed. It was dope. Like I am real. I'm. I think about sometimes like how good those songs were, and like they're just never oh my coming God. back. You know. And it's like it's one of those things. Like people, it just existed in a in that moment in time, and like you got to enjoy it if you were there for it. But there's no record. You know what I mean other than just memory, which is depressing, but kind of romantic in a way. <laughs> it means you can do it again, man. It means you can do it again better. Yeah, that's, you know, I find that it's best to just keep moving forward. Like, I have, like, a full record of stuff that I did in high school with my, you know, my friend Brad, who I grew up playing music with him. Like, he plays drums, and we, we got good at our instruments by just playing together and writing music together. And, like, I'm super proud of the songs we wrote. Benny, I'll just send them to you sometime so you can hear like some of this shit. Yeah. Like, I, I oh, yeah. the inner daydream stuff. You got to send that my way. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely for sure will. And like, I'm super proud of it, but it's just, you know, it just didn't fall to, into place. Like, you know, we were, I was too young and naive, and like, I had no idea how to organize a band, and like, no one wanted to be bossed around by a 17 year old telling them what to play on guitar, you know? <laughs> so, like, it just, but I think if I ever get famous, you know, if the music I'm making now ever gets big, like I've already talked to Brad, like 
it's a long shot, but if that ever happens, we're we're going to re-record those songs and make an actual record and just put it out in the world. Yeah, that's what Carsey oh, yeah. Headrest did, right? Is who? Carsey Headrest with their uh, their Twin Fantasy album. He was he signed to Matador and he was like, I'm only gonna sign if you let me re-record my album. They were like, I bet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's dope. Oh, I got some uh, lyrics for you from some. I honestly, I think I have 50 unreleased songs, and it's probably like partway me being like perfection, not quite perfectionist, but like okay, we can get the flow right and then knock all these out. And partway, like sound engineering is a lot of work and takes a lot of time and can be more monotonous out of the process. Um, yeah, I have, but I have a ton of songs that are unreleased. Um, I wanted to share something just on like the side of the mental health. Word. Go for it, dude. This is, this is pretty real. I mean, we'll let the we'll let the context be in the song. I guess um the opening's based off of um Danny Brown, who's a Detroit rapper, one of my absolute favorite rappers. Um one of his songs called DNA. But it goes DNA. DNA. Cause my mom's side been fucked up the same way. DNA. DNA. Cause my pop side been fucked up the same way. Homies having babies could I ever do the same If my offspring off themselves I'm dying with the shame That's what I did wrong when Kurt Cobain's their idol Blame myself when they're suicidal at third grade recitals I got faith in genetic engineering Bipolar's potentially among the easiest to treat Disease, couple genes, no thousand flames MIT I could clip manic depression, keep that personality But how do I know that epigenetics is safe? Our genomes rearranged based on equilibrium state. Do I wait 25 to life just to see if my kids won't kill themselves around age 15? Man, please. Survival of the fittest gives no shits. At least their mom are going to be the fittest I've ever seen. No Kentucky Fried Chicken Fried thinking about CRISPR. But if God has sent me an angel, I must have missed her. Mr. Mr. One miss up in my life so far, but it's few written in stars, so I ain't tripping too hard. Just waiting on number two like I need more fiber. She gonna be the shit no matter when I find her. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, that was really fucking sick. Yeah, dude. You got that, like, subtle comedy, like, intelligent, like, the vocabulary is, is solid. You, you, you blend it all so well, dude. I think, like, I, do you have plans to, like, put together, like, a like a record? You said you have a bunch of, or a mixtape or something? Uh, well, the thing is, like, I have, like, 50 songs that are, like, on YouTube instrumentals and shit. So I already have, like, eight projects planned out. But I took a break. I was trying to record, like, the next shit. And I spent, like, two months, maybe three months. And it was, like, at least two or three hours every day. And I was at the point where I'm, like, I don't even know what's good anymore. So I just, I just stepped back. <laughs> I do got, um, I got Mercurial out. That's on, um, that's on Audio Mac. That's four tracks. And essentially no hooks in there it's just bars 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 um that's some good stuff and that's just me you know really figuring out how to do it um you know i would love to be able to put out four or five projects this year and have 50 songs out this year and it could happen or you know maybe i could put out 10 because i'm you know only trying to give them the best of the best or want to make sure i'm doing the absolute best i can with what i'm putting out but yeah we'll have a lot of stuff out it's a matter of time that's dope yeah, I think like I tell my roommate this sometimes, like, because he's a musician also, and uh, he has so many good ideas. And sometimes, like, I'll try to encourage him. You know, I don't tell him what to do because he's, you know, I respect his, you know, whatever you know his process is. But like, as a fan, I, I want him to just put something out you know what i mean because such a perfectionist and you gotta he, do it like that's the thing even though i'm being kind of i may be perfectionistic about it maybe i just want quality i still have like 10 15 god knows how many songs that are like kind of demos that i already have for myself so it's like i've already done it it's just now it's the act of do you want to put it out and i guess i would rather be stuck at the stage of fine-tuning things than the stage of just because I have another close friend who just kind of has one, you know, multi-million, he's a unicorn idea, and he has a different one every week, and he never does anything about it. And I have a, I have a very strong fear of being that guy, you know. It's like if you want to be a, a intelligent person, you've got to be very paranoid that you're stupid, you know. If you want to really be hardworking, yeah. you have to be very paranoid that you're slacking. I get that for sure, dude. I think, you know, that's such a – I mean, it, I would – don't want to say it's such a cliche, but it's like one of the good cliches. Like the the more 
the less you know, the more you know type thing. That's something that kind of resonated with me. But like, yeah, I, I based on like that the song that you sent me, I'm just like, all right, give me more. You know, <laughs> <laughs> dope, dope. Yeah, Thanks, absolutely. I've been floating in my own sphere without too many other creatives around me in KC. That's why I'm trying to move out because I don't, I got friends, I got fam, but they're not they don't create like that. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, dude. I think you got something there. Um, I like definitely. I think also it, it. It. I think it'll resonate with people. I think something that resonates with people right now, at least in this DIY scene that like Benny and I are, you know, intertw- intertwined with is like this when the art has when the music has like a personality like reminiscent of those of us who are like anxious and you know maybe a little bit neurotic and a little bit self-conscious but also we feel like we have a pretty solid grasp on like things and you know you kind of feel like resentful towards society and like you know but also using that to fuel your art you know what i mean because like if it weren't for like that resentment if it weren't for that perceived like lack of um compatibility with with the societal structure you wouldn't maybe have that fuel that like you use to create your art with you know what i mean so i think kid cuddy is my goat like he just put out this track that might be the beat i freestyle over was just leader of the delinquents okay i think exactly that's kind of he kind of went off his old song lord of the sad and lonely it's like the I had a friend say that Kid Cudi was my spirit animal. I'm like, that's the most accurate, greatest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like I definitely see that. I was going to ask you too, like who who do you feel like like hip hop wise is there a current influence like on the stuff that you're you know making recently? So would you, would you say like Kid Cudi or was there other influences? Oh, Kid Cudi is the OG of any art form over everybody. Like, Ye definitely, like, kind of kick-started his uh, career. Um, 070 Shake did a song with them, and she is fucking a genius. Um, I love The Strokes. The Strokes are one of my favorite bands. I love their new album. Um, oh, that new album is perfect. Oh, my God. It's like, Is This It? And 80s Come Down had a baby, and then its older brother was First Impressions. It's I'm going to have to like, check it out. I still haven't listened to it. Oh, Please so do, good. buddy. I will do you know, that. I, I love me some Beatles. I love me some Velvets. I've been trying to listen to more female artists. A little bit of Kate Bush, Joni Mitchell, Wu Tang over everything in terms of hip hop. You know, ain't nobody could fuck with them. I grew up on Tupac. I grew up on Eminem. Grew up on Ye and Cuddy. Um, I mean, the list could just go on and on and on. And then you know, you got Carlin and Chappelle and other ways that I want to because I really want to be like uh, oh, Chappelle's the goat. But I want to be like the Ernest Hemingway rap. Like I know, th- I know how many OG rappers there are. Big L, Big Pun, Notorious B.I.G. That's just the literally one's named Big. Like I will never be a top 100 rapper in terms of saying syllables over a beat. But I want to make a run at being the best fucking writer. I want to make a run at Kendrick Lamar's crown of winning a Pulitzer Prize. Like that really yeah. is the goal. What's more important is having a small community of people that I fuck with and just, you know, you spread the love. Everyone's got their music and you know feeling. Like this, like you got some some community where you can talk about it with without feeling like you're just nuts all the time. Right, I mean, that's really more important than being big. But at the same time, it's like whether or not this gets anything over a thousand plays on YouTube, I want people to be like, "Holy shit, this is this is the best lyricism we've ever heard." I think it's 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 refreshing to hear somebody like straight up say that they want to be the absolute best at something. You well, know that's I mean? everybody in hip hop. That's every rapper. <laughs> Most of them are that, trash. So that's true. And I think maybe the fact that, like, I'm saying that's more or less like because people in our on our side of the fence, you know, in like the rock influence type stuff, I feel like there's more of a hesitation hesitation to like to to say those things because maybe you don't want to come off as like egotistical. But I think ego, you got to have some ego you know everybody who like creates something has the ego telling them that it's worth creating you know what i mean i mean like, i only want to be the best because you know like one of the reasons cut is the goat and i didn't know this until recently but it wasn't surprising it's like he said i make music because i want kids to feel less alone and i want kids to stop committing suicide 
You need to do this shit for the right reasons. You don't want to be the best so you can rock a fucking meat coat and have a marble floor mansion. Like, that's not what this shit is about. This is about reaching people. This is about expanding consciousness. This is about making people feel happy in a world that is pretty fucked up and a rapist is going to be our next president and is right now. Like, there's some real yeah. shit going on and we got to, in a way, accept it and transcend it. And, I mean, I don't know what's more transcendental than music, you know, past maybe meditation. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's, I, I couldn't have said it any better, dude. I probably couldn't have said it as well. I feel like, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk now because like, I remember like when I first met you, you weren't as, uh, not that you were like, you sounded like crazy or anything, but I feel like, oh, I was, it's cool, but it wasn't it's like as, um, coherent. coherent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not that you were necessarily incoherent. Like I understood what you were saying, but I felt, I feel like you're more, it's very um, pointed yeah yeah i, th I think very like, sharp like an edge yeah and i think now it, it it's it's clearer like the the point of what the message is is like is easier to 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 grasp i think, I think that's also time that's also maturing right like yeah you know my mind wasn't brought about by a psychedelic experience but maybe somebody drops acid and like sees god and then you kind of talk and people think you're a crazy person for a few weeks and it might take years until you can figure out how to integrate that and like okay how do we make this like i said you know there's really nothing more important than being able to function in the day-to-day -day society because anything extra that you're doing to elevate you know consciousness or the world if it's not like locked into what everybody else can at least at least some people can relate to if you're just fucking crazy then you're crazy but if you're crazy and you can make like fucking dark side of the moon or something then that's a pretty good deal you know yeah no i completely completely agree once again um speaking of kanye i'm just kind of curious like the goat benny are you are you a kanye fan oh yeah like, absolutely musically? Just kind of curious dude like i've never really talked much about kanye like his dude, drop college here. dropout and then drop registration cementing the soul sound then he dropped graduation and made electronic the sound then he dropped 808s and made autotude the sound and put cuddy on then he made dark, dark twisted fantasy which pick pitchfork has his best album of the decade yeah and he made fucking yeezus then he made life of pablo and that was doing jesus is king and the yandy links are better than jesus it's like the dude can't stop dropping things that are unlike anything anybody can do i mean yeah uh, honestly like straight up i was within a year me cuddy kanye all in fucking rehab like <laughs> cuddy for depression yay for mania and had when he was talking about his experiences i'm like oh my god so like these are incredibly traumatic like the way that we deal with people in acute states just fucks them up worse you know it's like you're psychotic and the way we're going to deal with that is we're going to take you away from your family and loved ones and there's nothing you can do about it then we're going to surround you with people who are also in psychotic states and then the nurses who half the time are crazier and don't probably don't give a shit about you um i mean when that happened it just you know i mean when kanye released the yay i'm like this is like this is just my life like kids see ghosts i'm like this has just has been my life for the last year so with those guys now i have this like unbelievably intense like just like a fucking spiritual connection to it because i'm like and i grew up on cuddy being depressed and isolated and feeling like i was the man on the moon totally different than everybody and millions of kids were like that so I mean I I mean I just have a connection with Ye and Cuddy that's you know unlike anything that could be matched by anywhere else. What do you what do you think like um, the record that you most that you feel the strong strongest about when it comes to Kanye? In terms of what I was just talking about, Kids See Ghosts, 808s and Heartbreak was my first album that I absolutely loved start to finish as a kid, and that's the first time I ever looked at song credits and I saw Kid Cuddy on the production for everything. Oh, uh, uh, okay. But Ye was like, when he released Ye, I was like, and some of the interviews when he was manic and had his hair blonde, I was like, I can't even watch these because this reminds me of me a few months ago. It was, it was intense. Yeah. That was the one. So, like, I was, I've always been like a casual Kanye fan, but I saw that Pitchfork named like the Dark Twisted Fantasy as like the best album of the 2000s. And I was like, holy shit, really? Like, yeah, it's perfect. I, and then 100 I listened to it. Agreed with it. 
Yeah, and then once I actually listened to it like intently, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. Because now I understand like this whole, I, I used to think the whole like Kanye West as like high art was kind of preposterous, but that was just, I later learned that. It's high art and he's also just know. a bowl of like raw emotion and raw humanity. Like Cuddy and Ye, their superpowers are that they're human. Yeah. I thought Ye too was just like, God, it, the way it definitely just captured the just the essence of his mental health. You know what I mean? Yikes like, is it. Yikes, that track. God damn. And just like the first the first song when he's just that the spoken word stuff like the yesterday I thought of today I thought about killing you or whatever. I just felt like it, you can't really put your finger on it, but it's just it just makes you feel something. He's so good at just making you feel things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually got a song um, of this mixtape that I was plotting when I was in the Michigan area, um, and the first track is based off that instrumental. That's probably what I'm going to start off with, because whenever we end this, I'm going to uh, jump over on Twitch, start freestyling for a while, might switch to a DJ stream, but definitely I want you all to uh, to hear that since you know it's on topic. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like, are you, uh, were you going to... Uh... I was sure if you trying to freestyle like on here and, and sound simultaneously stream or like if you wanted to like stream the live stream the last like 10 minutes or so or what did you want to do about that? I was just going to transition into it. Yeah, I guess it is 730. So this is when I said I was going to go on. But I, um, I'm i just going to do it on OB, o, through OBS on Twitch. Um, you cannot find a way to easily like get MP3s, like get a beat into Discord. So... Um, I'm just gonna jump over on Twitch. If you want to like add it to the end of the podcast, edit it on. That's dope. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go do my thing over there after this. I want to end on like a lighter note, though. I don't know what exactly, but if you uh, if you re- are you gonna record it also? Because if you record it um, and send me the audio, I can put it on the end of the podcast that I put out. Yeah, shit. I mean, I'm, I'll probably record it on Twitch, and then I might. Um... Might try and actually record like the real version, you know, within the next month before you put the podcast out live. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever, uh, however you want to do it. But, um, I'm trying to think. Was, was there anything else that you were like that you're working on artistically, or has it just mainly been the music? Or I want to keep any, it light. Um, so, uh, you ever you ever have green tea yerba mate? Yeah, dude. Actually, Julian and I water. used to drink the fucking yerba quite a bit. But like, you ever do the you, you brew the green tea and then you pour it in the yerba? No, I've never done that. That is some fire. I just it's like a liquid super spliff. It's amazing. Danny, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had yerba mate? Um, I have not actually. But by the way that it was just described, that sounds very interesting to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's hipster tea, basically. Oh, yeah. Well, South American. I guess, like, yeah. 80% of Americans drink coffee, 90% of people in certain places in South America drink mate. So, a lot of people drink mate. Yeah, it's, it's basically, like, it's it's a cleaner stimulation than coffee, I feel like. And I think the reason I refer to it as hipster tea is because there's people on Reddit who will, like, bash you if you don't drink it out of, like, the the traditional fucking gourd or whatever it's called i'm like all right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna drink tea out of a gourd in a cafe the gourd do be nice though but like you can't really like bring a gourd to work very well yeah it i i have a thing of yerba at work actually and i feel like i hide it because it just looks like a jar of weed you know um yeah but ben did you have any more questions or anything or um, no, not really. A lot of the stuff I wanted to talk about got covered throughout discussing it on the episode. I also really appreciated the Kanye discussion at the end there, too. That was really sick. <laughs> I'll talk about Kanye for an entire podcast happily. <laughs> Three hours Dude, Joe Rogan podcast. Like. The fact that he put out Yeezus after Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, it's oh like my God, unreal. Yeah. 
Like Ethan put out away he's like my mom died, so fuck all y'all. This is what I'm feeling. I don't give a fuck if you want soul samples or feel good shit. He's like, This is who I am. Like and then yeah, Jesus was just Jesus was really what got me back on board. Dark Twisted Fantasy, for whatever reason, I've I've fell into the Kanye's an asshole bandwagon. And apparently I was an idiot for that because I missed out on some of the best fucking tracks that have ever been made and, and on Dark Twisted Fantasy. But dude, Jesus was like Jesus was what got me back on the A train. Yeah, dude, it's so like you said, use this as your favorite, Benny. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's like honestly super groundbreaking. I would agree. And yeah, like, like a softle stain on that shit. It's another one of those things where like when it came out, I first listened to it, it was before I appreciated, you know, Dark Twisted Fantasy, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And I was just so like aggressively anti Kanye in my head that I never really gave it even a fair chance. Dude, but, I love it, and I'm still like, what the fuck is this shit when I listen to it? Yeah, well, like, after listening to Dark Twisted Fantasy and then listening to Jesus and then putting it in context of, like, okay, this was the, what, this was his follow-up to, like, the, one of the best artistic statements in hip-hop of all time, and he comes back with this, like, Brian. abrasive, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, do yourself a favor, after we're done recording... Look up the SNL performance of him doing uh, Black Skinhead. Black it's Skinhead? Oh, life that was terrifying. Ooh, okay. I'll terrifying. Do that. It's like before he edited a lot of the album to make it kind of more low-key, for lack of a better term. And it's just the production on that live recording is insane. It's like, Dude, I, I will still, recommend it. Like Runaway, though? The Runaway fucking vmas with the salmon suit that push was on like it's it still can be at times hard to listen to runaway and not cry it's that dude, i don't cry it's absolutely hard. yeah i'm with you on that dude that's such the auto-tune shit like with mm-hmm. oh my god dude it's it's so powerful it's dope we could go on and on dude maybe we will have a, just a kanye episode one day who knows Fuck yeah and Cuddy, of course. Gotta put Cuddy in there. Yeah, probably get yeah. rid of Cuddy. It's questionable if Cuddy reaches mainstream without Ye. I mean, I, yeah, I guess did he you know like? Oh, he did. Okay, yeah. Then yeah that makes sense. I did not know that. Yeah. But uh, well, all I right. I want to say um real quick that uh, sure they gave me my twelve hundred dollar check, and oh, yeah? within twenty four hours, I purchased Bitcoin with it. Because oh really? Fuck the state. Y'all made the <laughs> game. I'm just playing it. You're printing money. Your value is going to go down. Bitcoin is going to go up long term. Enemy of the state, bro. Yeah, I was thinking about buying stocks. That's like, cause I feel like, uh, maybe I'll be. In I made adult. a killing. <laughs> if you get if you get the right ones, you can make a killing right now. Like I bought some that were. Um, kind of telemed sort of deals and then you know there's like there's amazon there's netflix there's like activision blizzard for gaming and those stocks are kind of predictably making killings because that's where people are spending money so all their quarterly earnings are like through the roof um but i would imagine there's going to be a pretty bad collapse like maybe by the time this podcast gets released like there will have been an economic collapse because we're just printing money like like madmen. yeah i'm kind of in a sadistic way waiting for the collapse and then maybe i'll buy Oh, no doubt. I'm gonna laugh. But, I'm gonna laugh when the world ends, bro. <laughs> uh, so so emo, dude. But um, well, dude, I pre- it was nice talking to you, man. It's been a while. Yeah, thanks for man. letting me rant. Yeah, for sure, dude. Hopefully, uh, yeah, it was nice know, talking to you. Yeah, good to get meet a record out of you. I'm probably gonna. Well, the record is tricky because I have to buy a bunch of tracks, and I can just release mixtapes for free with shit I download off YouTube. So there's definitely gonna be like. This summer there will there will be a mixtape with probably around ten songs. Probably ten songs will get released over the summer. The album might be a while because you got to find the people who make tracks and then buy them at a reasonable price. But yeah, there will be some good stuff. There'll be some good stuff. And hopefully, Where Benny, I get to meet you because I'm I'm headed up back to Ann Arbor because my body doesn't like heat. So I'll be back. Yeah, in hell yeah. Whenever people are like uh, actually showing houses after COVID chills out a bit. Yeah, hell sweet, yeah. Let's sweet, do it. Sweet. Let's do it. Cool. Drink you some All right, time. dude. I will. Uh, pro- and by the way, I'm probably gonna message you at some point asking you for stock advice, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But um, 
just you know i'm up so much bro it's disgusting i'm making more money off stocks than i am off my shitty manual labor job dope dope yep you're gonna be money financial advisor but all right dude (laughs) just let me know when uh you finish the um recording stuff that you want me to include on the podcast just email it over and do for sure for sure if you don't uh if you don't hear from me then the version of everybody dies that i tried to send you i'll at least get to you we'll figure it out yeah oh and, and plug where people can like find you on the social medias and stuff yeah um shit instagram cza.chillin i'm about to go on twitch right here i might as well uh i'll post it in the stream i'll take a couple minutes to get ready and then uh, go live do some freestyles maybe move into some djing and just kick it cool 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 all right dude you uh take it easy there sir yeah thanks for thanks for the opportunity man hell yeah cool. So there you have it, guys. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that episode as much as we did recording it. Um, again, follow uh, CZA on Instagram at CZA.chillin. Um, and then keep in mind his mixtape, Mercurial 2, will be out on Datpiff and other mixtape sites later this year. Um, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash invite the neighbors. You can um, leave us a review on iTunes. Um leave us a rating follow us on spotify just subscribe to us on your um podcast platform of choice um and other than that you know just tell a friend about the podcast shoot us a dm if you have any suggestions or if you just want to say hi or talk about something you liked about the episode i'm always down for that um so yeah anyways thanks for listening and hopefully you'll be back